Welcome to New Stars, where unsigned singers, songwriters and musicians can be found. Today, I'm talking to an award-winning husband and wife rock duo. They have a debut EP that has rocked around the globe. And 25 years in the music business. They are no other than the Cranberry Merchants. So, welcome to New Stars. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I've been doing a lot of digging on your profiles and um, and your website, and I've been listening to your music. And yes, I'm I'm extremely um, overwhelmed by by your music. And um, thank you. you know, how it how it sounds. It's really really good. And um, so when I when I actually come along to um, looking about about you as you as a group and I thought husband and wife so yeah I'm so glad that you could join me on my on my podcast oh thank you for having us Absol- we sure appreciate it absolutely wonderful to be here so one question I've got to ask how have you been getting on and coping with with the um, with the COVID-19 lockdown well um it hasn't been too difficult for us um for for Steve, he works, uh, he would be considered, I guess, an essential worker. Um, he works for a medical supplies company. So it's kind of been business as usual for him. In fact, he's had a lot of overtime. So there hasn't been the financial hardship that a lot of people, you know, have had to worry about. Um, for myself, I've always kind of worked from home anyway. So there was no real transition there. Um, so, so really for us, the, you know, the only adjustments has been, you know, not being able to go out to eat and, uh, we like to take road trips and we hadn't been able to do that, but, uh, just kind of more of an inconvenience for us, but, but fortunately, you know, not really a hardship. Well, but we've been making the best of it. I think staying at home, I mean, we've just been focusing more on social media and, you know, trying to beat that up as best we can all across you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that, you know. This is the way it's going now, isn't it? I mean, can you can you see that, you know, once you're given the, the green light that you can go back out into the public domain and start gigging again, um, or, or do you think your the way that you, you play your music is going to change completely after all this? COVID-19? No, I think it will stay the same. Uh, we've always been more of a studio thing since it's just the two of us. Uh, we haven't played live uh, just, you know, as I guess uh, I guess I can use the term as big as our sound is, we would need to hire more people uh, to do that. So we've been more of a studio thing. You know, for us, it hasn't been any kind of an inconvenience that way. That You know, the way so many touring musicians have had to put the brakes on everything, but uh, for us, I think once they, you know, give us the green light, I think we'll just go on business as usual. Yeah, and I think it's worked out well for us that we've always been more focused on the videos and kind of, you know, getting yeah. more of a global audience in that respect. Absolutely. I must admit, I do like your videos. Um, <laughs> and the one that really tickled me was Disturbing the Peace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that seems to, to be tickling everybody lately. <laughs> That must have took absolutely hours to do, um, because you, you expect that kind of thing um, to be on a on a more on a real big professional scale with, with the way that is done. And I mean, because you do all the work yourself from the from the songwriting to the singing 
to the production. It's, it's completely all you, isn't it? Yes, it is. It is. Yeah, we, we like to, to do it all ourselves. And that way we have complete creative control over that kind of so thing. So to do a, a video like Disturbing the Peace... Um, how long does it take you to do that kind of video? Because, I mean, the song's only about two and a half minutes long. Yeah. Yeah, it actually, it took several weeks to produce that video. Um, part of it, well, all the pre-production was just building everything. Um, we, we have a rather large Lego collection, personally. It's been a hobby of ours for quite a few years. And uh, so it, we spent the first couple weeks just, you know, building everything. We uh have a big table down in our basement that we uh, had everything built on. And then uh, we used actually uh, an iPhone app called Stop Motion to uh, put the, the actual animation together. Um, it, it's just a series of, you know, you, you take a picture, you move the, the figures a little bit, you take another picture and, and so on and so on. And then you uh, edit it all together. And I did that in regular editing software. Uh, which, you know, just uh, is like the kind that we use in a regular music video to kind of stitch all the pieces together. That must have took absolute hours upon hours to create, let alone, you know, you put it into just weeks, but that must have been absolutely agonising with the the attention to detail that you did. Um, and even even when, I think it was the, the, the burger van turned up outside the door, Knock the fence down outside the house and put like, out the van and put the fence back up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to kind of, you know, throw in little gags like that just to keep it interesting. <laughs> so I was absolutely amazed. And, uh, yeah, I'll take my hats off to you because, you know, you've done such a fantastic job. Well, thank you. We, we really enjoyed doing it. It was a lot of fun. But you, you are husband and wife, as in Steve and Diane. Um, yes. How long have you been married? 28 years. Wow. Okay. And have you, <laughs> I mean, how did you, how did you meet? Well, uh, we first met when we were in college. Um, we, we actually aren't originally from Atlanta to begin with. Steve uh, grew up in Indiana and I grew up in Maryland, just outside the Washington, D.C. area. But we both went to college uh, here in Atlanta at a place called the Art Institute. And we were in a music business program where, uh, you know, we learned the technical aspects behind recording and video production and um, just kind of the business side of music. And uh, we, we were classmates and um, we kind of got to know each other by actually doing a video project together. And uh, I guess you could say the rest is history. There you go. Wow. That's amazing. So... As with all bands, there's always problems sometimes with one member doesn't like the way that member's played the keyboards or the guitar or the drums. You know, there's always some kinds of loggerheads. I mean, do, do you have that kind of loggerheads at times with when, when you're creating your own songs? I mean... Or is it just happily sailing along? Um, actually, we get that question quite a bit. I guess people figure that, you know, all husbands and wives fight like cats and dogs. But no, uh, actually, in the studio, we we hardly ever have that. I mean, it's the kind of thing if uh, Diane presents an idea and I see it a different way and we, you know, I can't get on the same page with her. Usually it 
we don't have a fight and blow up and don't talk to each other. We usually just make another song and okay, now we have two songs to work on. Yeah, and really, I think the only time we ever ran into anything like that at all is back in the 90s, we were in another band where we there was a third band member with us. And Steve and I always got along great. It was the third band member yeah. that, we, that we would lock horns with. And that's why, you know, when, when we kind of restarted things with the Cranberry Merchants, we decided, well, let's just keep it the two of us because we have a really good chemistry together. We work well together. And, uh, you know, more often than not, we are very much on the same page. Well, and if we needed somebody else for something, we know a guitarist who could do this for us, we needed. We know a singer who could do that for us, we needed. And we could just call them up and ask them. It's like it feels better to steer the ship, actually. So did you both have a love for rock before you met? Or did one follow into the, the, the footsteps of rock? After you, um, well, really, we both were, though we came actually from very different backgrounds on that kind of thing. Um, you know, Steve grew up listening to mostly a lot of uh, classic rock, uh, stuff like Led Zeppelin and The Who, that type of thing. Uh, I'm a few years younger than him, and I uh, kind of grew up in the mid 80s is when I was a teenager. And uh, I I listened to more new wave stuff like uh, Duran Duran and Tears for Fears, Depeche Mode, that type of thing. And it, it's kind of a, a weird combination, but we think our music somehow kind of meets in the middle of all of that. Agreed. Agreed. Wow. Because on one of the, your, your tracks, uh, Quiescence, it's um, quite eerie. And you've got a lot of keyboards. You've got the drums in there, which obviously, Diane, you're, you're the drummer of. Yes. Um, who does keyboards? Is that you, Steve? No, actually, that's also Diane. Yes. Wow. Okay. So, who writes the the the, the, the arrangements, the musical arrangements, and the the lyrics? Do you both have a dabble in that, or is it just one side deals with the the arrangement side, and one person does the lyric side? We both do the arrangements. That comes easy to both of us. But Diane is by far the one. She's a by far the better lyricist, so I throw that in her lap, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and there, there are some things where, you know, one of us is kind of, um, has more of a strength in it than the other, like, uh, Steve is very good at coming up with, like, hook riffs uh, on, on the guitar that a lot of times we we build around that, um, so, yeah, it's, it's a little of both, but in the arrangement, I, I think it's very much a collaboration. Absolutely. Well, we'll take a little break now, and we'll play... Quiescence.
that. Tell me where your inspiration comes from. I mean, I'm, I noted in, in um, your profiles and your website that a lot of your inspiration comes from history and hypocrisy. Um, but any other avenues where your inspiration comes from? I guess uh, every little every little thing that's around. I mean, if somebody says something in a particular way or if there's a, a current event that strikes us the right way or a family memory that, you know, takes you in a certain direction, I think it could be pretty much anything. Yeah, I mean, it, it can come from pretty much anywhere. I, I You know, I think so far we've kind of written about a, a wide variety of subjects, uh, like, like you said, with uh, history, with our song uh, Black Mariah. Um, in the blood is a little bit more of a political song or uh, or quiescence that was actually just about a childhood memory um, regarding a, a painting I had in my bedroom of a guardian angel. And that's where that song came from. So it, it can come from pretty much anywhere. Yeah. So when you get this um, for argument's sake, the, the quiescence, the painting, um, what makes you suddenly think, do you know what? I'm going to write a song about that. What, what makes you do that? What, how do you transform a thought or a feeling into probably one of the biggest um, hits on internet radio and other radio um, to take place? Um, that's a good question. Yeah, really uh, <laughs> I, I guess in a way it's, it's a little bit random. Um, you know, sometimes when... Uh, because uh, I think with with that song, I actually came up with most of the keyboard parts first, and it it sounded um, a, a little bit eerie. Like it, in I guess the keyboard parts have kind of like an A, B, and C part to them, and the first part sounded kind of scary, and then the next movement it starts to sound a little more peaceful, and um, it, it's it, it was kind of like I guess the, the dichotomy of the two of them of, you know, having something scary going on, but then your angel is there to to protect you and to comfort you. And that's just kind of what came into my mind, uh, that that painting that used to hang in my bedroom when I was a kid. That's why my parents put it there, you know, to kind of help me to feel safe for from things that go bump in the night. OK, so tell me a bit more about this debut EP um, in the blood, because um, it's um, it's your debut EP, um, and it's quickly found its way uh, into the indie uh, radio programs in colleges, internet radio stations in the USA, Canada, Europe, Africa, South America, and Australia, topping or um, placed in the top ten of many stations' charts. I mean, was that something that you anticipated? Not at all. Not at all. Yeah, we, we were actually really surprised because, um, like I said, we, we had been in a, another band in the 90s, and then we had kind of gotten away from music for quite a while just to because of other family obligations and things like that. And then in 2018, uh, Steve actually had to have knee replacement surgery, and uh, so he was going to be off work for three months to recover from that. And we suddenly found ourselves with a lot of time and we thought, well, why don't we, you know, use it to kind of get back into the music. And uh, a lot of the songs on the EP are songs that we had written since a while back. And we decided to kind of 
to redo them and, you know, update them, get, get the quality sounding better than, than what they were before. And, um, we thought, well, let's just, you know, put out five of these songs and just kind of see how it does. We, we weren't really expecting too much because, you know, the first time around we, we didn't do that great, but that was also before the, the advent of social media and everything. And so once, you know, we took the, those three months to get everything set up, get all our social media and kind of get our ducks in a row, so to speak. And, uh, you know, then once we released it, we were just shocked that uh, like Black Mariah was our first single and that that just started to take off. Well, we also uh, with Black Mariah in mind, we had that as a bit of a one two punch, knowing that the the. Um EP was going to be coming out, uh, knowing that I was going to be having surgery in November of that year. Back in September of 2018, we had actually gone up to the uh, National Historic Site here, where it's Thomas Edison's laboratory, where that Black Mariah structure is, so we could film the video. And then when we put the EP out, we put the video out at the same time, and uh, maybe that one-two punch helped. I don't know. But it's it's the response has been just incredible. What was the the thought behind the Black Mariah, because it's 1893 when Thomas A. Edison set up the world's first movie studio, um, and it's his his studio was like tar paper covered building, which he nicknamed the Black Mariah because of the, the colour of it, and he's, he was trying out filming um, people. Um, from what I from what I saw of the video, it's loads of people being filmed. Um, I mean, was this supposed to be his um, new film studio? It was kind of a prototype to that. I mean, there were a lot of uh, vaudeville performers of the day that uh, they would come through, and he would film them. Just I think it was more of a motion study. I don't know if he was really thinking about like being a, a movie mogul or anything like that, since they didn't have that kind of thing back in that day. But I think it was more like motion studies of how does my new kinetoscope, which was the precursor to the movie camera, how does that capture this image? Okay, we need more light on this. Well, what if we film it, if we try to shoot it from this angle? And I, I think it was more experimentation than trying to be, uh, say, a, a Mark Zuckerberg with a new medium where, okay, well, let me try and craft this and be the master of it. Yeah, kind of more of a scientific experiment than entertainment. And, uh, you know, the, these vaudeville performers just happen to kind of be his guinea pigs in the experiment. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. So you creating a song about the Black Mariah, how come? Well, um, at the time, um, we happened to, I think Steve had come up with the main guitar part for it. And we, we love the way that it just sounded like this old, rusty, antiquated type of machine, especially yeah. with the, the kind of uh, drums that were put with it. And at the time, we happened to be watching a uh, we had just seen a documentary about Thomas Edison. And they talked a lot about the Black Mariah, which was a story we had never heard of at that point. Uh, and we thought it was really interesting that it's, we're like, wow, why has there never been a movie about this or anything? This is really interesting. And we just, I don't know, it, it just kind of clicked that it fit with the piece of music, the, the subject matter kind of fit. And uh, and we kind of rolled with it. We we actually checked a, a book out of the library to get more information so we could write the lyrics. Yeah, that's astonishing. Absolutely. 
you don't often get that with artists where they'll 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 write about something less significant um boy meets girl you yeah. know yeah. falls yeah. in love with boy boy rejects girl break up misery heartbreak <laughs> you, you know but you you pick an iconic uh, man that created something so fantastic in in humanity and technology and you decided to write about a, a song about him and dedicate it to his work which I think is absolutely amazing because I don't think there are many artists out there that would actually do something well, like we, that. We just thought it, you know, it was an interesting story and something that needed to be told. And, uh, you know, th this is just kind of a, I guess, a cooler way of bringing the subject up. <laughs> well, and also, I, I don't think it, it was any kind of a conscious decision on our part of like, well, we have to put some deep, deep thought into this. It's like, well, there's a time and a place for everything. And sometimes the kind of... Uh, well, what you were talking about a second ago, where you know, kind of boy meets girl, boy loses girl, kind of. Well, sometimes that kind of, you know, one, two, three, or ABC kind of songwriting works, and other times it's like, well, we need to put a little more thought into it, and you know, mm -hmm. uh, something like uh, a good thing to put against that would be something like disturbing the peace. I mean, the lyrics for that, we just kind of like uh, had a big laugh and came up with them in probably about a half hour time. I mean, it's like you know, like. You didn't really need to think on any of that. It was like, okay, just kind of sing from, you yeah, know. Yeah, that was just one to have fun with. Yeah, that, that kind of thing, so. We'll certainly get around to talking about Disturbing the Pace because I've got some views on that. <laughs> 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 but what makes you different or unique against the rest? What, what do you think is so unique about you two compared to other other rock um, artists out there because you are unique with with what where you get your inspiration from and I think every rock star not rock star but every um, uh, artist rock artist whether they're indie rock classic rock or or um, any kind of genre in in the music industry they all have their own uniqueness um, because of either how they interpret something or deliver something um, but what makes you so different from from other indie indie rock um, artists? I guess, well, I'm, this is just my view personally. I would say from uh, standing back and looking, I guess we, uh, we're we just uh, really honest about what we do. We, uh, not to say others aren't, but I mean, we, we don't have any pretension about how we go about anything. It's like... Um, I, I don't know. I guess we just look at we just have a simplistic way of looking at things, and we're really cool with it. Yeah, and and I think a lot of it is that you know we don't really try to to write in a way of following current market trends and things like that. We we really just kind of write to entertain ourselves. Um, you know, when we come up with a you know an idea that we like. Um, you know, even if it's about something, you know, like Thomas Edison, which most people won't write about, it's like, well, it's interesting to us and it's entertaining to us. Yeah. And I, and I think that's why, you know, we kind of put maybe more passion into it is because it's something that is of interest to us personally. And uh, it, it's, you know, kind of come out as something being very different than 
the artists that write to try and please an audience rather than to just please themselves. I always also got a really big laugh out of the notion of, uh, you know, something being thinking man's music or, you know, something being a thinking man's movie or it's like, what does that mean? And, you know, the, are these kind of Plato or Socrates looking guys just sitting around stroking their beards going, ah, profound lyrics. You know what? We just do it. Like Diane said, we just, well, this is what we're going after. and We just do it. There's no need to look at it that way, you know. We're going to take another break and we're going to play that famous track of yours called The Black Moron. The first motion picture studio ever set up in the world was in the yard of my laboratory at West Orange. The building revolved to follow the sun. We dubbed it the Black Variety. Let's 
silver winners of the prestigious 2019 International Singer-Songwriter Awards for Band Single of the Year, being the Black Mariah. How did you feel about that? Well, we were absolutely floored by that. Oh, yeah. Um, especially, you know, being a, a pretty new act and to right out of the gate to win an award for the very first thing we put out. Uh, we, we were amazed. We were absolutely amazed by that. Just amazed. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't speechless. really. Yeah, speechless. Uh, thunderstruck. That's a good one. <laughs> we didn't know what to think. It was uh, we weren't expecting to actually win anything. It's like, well. We were there to meet people, but yeah, that that took our breaths away. We didn't know what to think about that. Is that an award that um, you can enter into, or someone has to nominate you for? Either one, I think. Um, yeah, because I, I think well, I, I know for that particular award there was um, a DJ that had nominated us for it, and uh, he he was actually the one who broke the song initially, and you know really started playing it on internet radio. Um, and, but I mean, we, we were really surprised. We weren't expecting it. We had joined, uh, the organization, um, International Singer Songwriters Association is what ISA stands for. And, uh, you know, they, they're just kind of an organization that, um, gives some guidance to songwriters on, uh, the business side of things, uh, gives guidance on how to promote yourself and, uh, resources like to radio stations and things like that. And um, last year was uh, their first year doing an, an awards show, and it happened to be local to us because it uh, happens very close to Atlanta here. And so we, we went to it mainly thinking it would be a great networking event, but we were surprised first to even be nominated. And yeah. then when they actually called our names to come up on stage, we were like, wow. <laughs> so it, it, it was. Um, it must be an awesome feeling that your months amongst thousands of other artists and you're told to go up and collect your silver awards i mean that must be absolutely mind-blowing it was it was i mean we we were just when they called our names we just looked at each other like what <laughs> and then you know our, our walk up there was just like please don't trip and fall please yeah, don't, please trip, don't and trip and fall. yeah <laughs> Now, was you was you, was you all suited and booted, or was you all in your rock glamour? <laughs> well, I, I guess for us, I guess it was our, our rock glamour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, close as we get. <laughs> classic, classic. <laughs> so, what have you got planned next then? What are you are you working on anything currently? Or? We are. We're working on another instrumental. Um, the two instrumentals on the the debut EP, "Going Nowhere" and "The Beat," uh, were originally they had vocals on them. We didn't really care for the vocal tracks, and Diane thought they would stand up well as instrumentals, so we put them on there as instrumental tracks. But the newest one we are re recording right now is uh, intentionally an instrumental track. So It's kind of almost like a soundtrack piece of music. Yeah. And uh, it's just one that, um, uh, well, I, I guess it's the closest to being finished, so we decided to, to kind of roll with it, but... Um, we also thought it'd be a little something different for us, too. After, especially after disturbing the peace. Well, yes, absolutely. I mean, have you ever been approached um, to to provide music for, you know, um, a film or, or anything like that? 
we haven't we haven't been approached. We have tried submitting um, music through. Uh, there's a site called Music Gorilla, which is it's kind of for that purpose where it, they help you to pitch songs like for TV shows and movies and video games, and, yeah, yeah, different yeah, things yeah. like that. And yeah, we have tried uh, um, putting some of our music through there, but haven't had any luck with it so far. Okay, but something that you're still you're still going down the lines and wanting to do. Yes, yes, we we would be very interested in in doing something like that. I mean, we we like to write a lot of instrumental pieces, and uh, I think it'd be a lot of fun to to try and you know score for a movie or Agreed. a TV show. Agreed. Yeah. So do you think that you know? You'll have some kind of inspiration coming out of, um, you know, for Donald Trump or the the COVID crisis. Uh, no, I don't know. I, Was that for Donald Trump or for the COVID? Current events don't really hit us like that. I go like. Really, well, I was going to say inspire is a strong yeah. word. <laughs> I don't. Get, I'm not going down the political line here. Okay, I'm not going to get I think Diane probably already hit on that kind of thing with In the Blood 20 years ago. You know, she, wanted, she wrote the words 20 years ago. Yeah, because, I mean, well, for one, uh, again, everybody is writing about that kind of thing. And and there are a lot of different viewpoints to, to hit on something like that. But um, I don't know. I You know, like I said before, we like to write for our own entertainment and Really, things like that just aren't entertaining to us. Yeah, because I, there are too many people on social media already with 2020 hindsight saying, why didn't our world leaders do this? Why didn't our world leaders do that? It's like, well, you can see perfectly clear because it's already happened and you can see everything. They, they didn't know and whatever. And well, I don't want to get into it. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. I mean, um, you know? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I was had a, a meaningful chat with my my wife and she turned around and said you know what they will bring out a film about this oh yeah yeah and, you know and that's why i say because if 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 they ever brought out a film and you had a real stinging um music to go with it whether it be music and lyric or just instrumental um that would really really go you know get the message home because your your music does have that beat whereby it draws you in um and it you you can't just say oh yeah okay that's fine i'll I'll go on to the next track you can't you have to listen to it all the way through to the end because it compels you to do that um so would you consider maybe you know, writing an instrumental, if they brought out, or, you know, there was a thought about bringing out um, a film about the COVID crisis? Well, I guess I'd have to see whatever piece of footage it was going with. I, I yeah, I mean, it, it definitely wouldn't be out of the question. Not at um, all. It, it would be interesting. But, um, but yeah, I, I guess if, if the right offer came along, we'd definitely consider it. Absolutely. Well, I think you should start um, putting some notes down on paper then. <laughs> <laughs> There's our next project. Oh, there you go. It is. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and you know what? I'd love to hear it first. That would be awesome. We'd love to bounce it off you. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I'm all for new new things, mate. <laughs> Let's talk about disturbing the peace. Uh, all right. Let's do it. <laughs> now let me just pluck something out the out the air here, and you tell me if I'm right or wrong. 
Um, you wrote you this come about because you really <laughs> upset one of your neighbours. Um, well, we used to when we lived in an apartment. <laughs> uh, but actually, this uh, this particular song it, it kind of came out of thin air. It's, yeah. Uh, we were actually working on another song at the time, and uh, Steve has the tendency to to kind of stray and start <laughs> playing other things on the guitar, yeah, other well. than than what we're working on. <laughs> but he he started playing kind of the the main guitar riff on it, and uh, you know it was just uh, it was interesting. It caught my attention, and so I just sat behind the drums and just kind of started playing along with it. And it, it's the type of song where it just had a lot of energy and it pretty much just wrote itself. And I think we had like the main arrangement done in what, about two hours? Probably so, yeah. One afternoon. And it just sounded very, you know, loud and boisterous. And, you know, we, uh, I, I think I had thought of the title Disturbing the Peace. And I thought, well, you know, wouldn't this be a fun song just, you know, to write about disturbing the neighbors and, you know, just, um, getting too loud with the music if you were playing this as a garage band or whatever with the garage door wide open and yeah the the whole neighborhood would just be screaming at you have you got any close neighbors nearby you are they like a mile away from you either uh we, we live like at the entrance of a subdivision uh so there's like a busy road out to the front of our house and we you know yeah we do have neighbors you know pretty close on the street here um strangely none of them have come to complain so far no, so, no, not yet. so maybe they like it <laughs> <laughs> because it is a statement it is uh, you know when i when i started watching the movie and i thought do you know what this is definitely a statement saying i'm gonna play my music or make my music no matter what anyone thinks about it and it's like a two-finger salute to anyone that disagrees. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> we had gotten the uh, the comparison. I think a friend of ours had said it had a very Clash kind of a feel to it. And we, took, we took that as a huge compliment. It's certainly got a Clash feel to it. I'll, that's without a shadow of a doubt that has. But it's, it's just everything. It's just the way it says, you know... I'm playing my music, you know, I'm disturbing the peace, so what, get over it, you know, get alive, <laughs> hey man, come on. <laughs> exactly, thank you. And everyone gets locked up for doing whatever, except for you two, <laughs> and you're still so, strumming. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 our video, we have to come out heroes in it, well, you know. Of course, <laughs> why would we have any comeuppance, we're, we're the band. <laughs> yeah, and, and actually, that, that video, there are quite a few um, kind of inside jokes, I guess you could say, because all of those Lego characters, um, you know, for anyone who has been following us on social media, say, for about the past year, yeah, um, would know that all of those little Lego characters actually represent other indie musicians and DJs that we know, and they're made ah. kind of in their likeness. So who's no. who's the neighbor then? Uh, the neighbor is um, is Jeff Rickett, who is a DJ from Cowboy Joe Radio, 
And uh, in fact, his voice is on the song. He's the one saying, turn it down. I'm calling the cops. And now, I thought that. that was Steve. I no, thought that was no. Steve Sherry. Yeah, that, that is actually Jeff doing the voiceover. It, and he's the one at the beginning of the video that yawns and is going to bed and says, you know, all I want is peace and quiet. So that's actually Jeff that that does that voiceover for us. So he's been a huge supporter of our music and he when we asked him about being on a song, he was like, Oh my god, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, that is so, so cool. But it's the best Lego movie that I have ever seen. (laughs) Really is good. Really, really is good. But why Lego? Well, uh, you know, like I said before, uh, it's been a a hobby of ours for a long time. And when we started kind of incorporating, uh, we, we started out actually making Lego versions of ourselves that first appeared in our video for Going Nowhere. Um, there, there's just a very brief little scene that shows us as like a little Lego band in there. It's it's not stop motion or anything. It's just showing the figures. And a lot of people got a good laugh out of that saying, oh, my God, that looks just like you. And so we started kind of uh, making figures of some of our friends, like, you know, one at a time. In fact, Steve put one out today yeah. of, of one of our indie musician friends. And uh, so before we knew it, we had what like about 40 different characters that, that we had made and so when we wrote this song we thought well why don't we just make this about all of these lego friends of ours having a big party well we had uh, also back in you know at the end of last year we had done kind of and we had so many lego characters we had actually done kind of an award show over in cowboy joe radio yeah it was like a mock awards show for the lego figures and and diane you know when we were starting to do a video for disturbing the peace she was like well why don't we just make the video of the after party for that award show and that's kind of what you're seeing in that yeah and that's kind of where the idea for having that party came from well we're gonna play Disturbing the Peace right now. And we are going to disturb the peace. Hey, we're the Cranberry Merchants. And we're Disturbing the Peace with Neil Clark. Oh, my God. 
Please follow us on social media. Uh, we're on Facebook. Just look up Cranberry Merchants. On Twitter, we are at Cranberry Merch uh, 2. And we're also on Instagram. Uh, please check out our YouTube channel. We, we've got five music videos. We've also got uh, three making of videos. And uh, we have a few lyrics videos as well. Uh, so please check those out and, and like them and subscribe. Uh, tune in to us on, if we may say, a, a different station at CowboyJoeRadio.com on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern. Our show, The Beat, airs. And, yeah, we, we actually spin some music ourselves. So it's it's a fun show, too. You say, you say, say that radio station again. CowboyJoeRadio.com. Our show, The Beat, airs every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern, which I guess... Will that be 11 p.m. for you? Yeah, we had this, we had this chat, didn't we, Diane? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> trying to figure out the time zone. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, five, five hours in front of you. Yes, as we suddenly realised. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> for some Google reason, Google wanted to say, to say it was four hours, but they, you got okay. It right. So, award-winning husband and wife rock duo from Atlanta, Georgia making music for over 25 years and counting, who produce all your lyrics, music, filming, editing, production. You are the new stars, the Cranberry Merchants. Thank you. Thank you so much. There you go. The fantastic couple, rock duo, award-winning Cranberry Merchants. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more new unsigned artists coming soon.